And a warm welcome to Wednesday's programme. It's wet, windy, it's wild outside. We've got a, a little bit of a taste of Storm Dudley around these parts in Salford. It doesn't matter. You and I will chat away for the next couple of hours and I'll be taking your phone calls on Wednesday's programme. It is uh, February the 16th, so it is. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. And it's just as well that you'll be doing most of the talking because a couple of times every winter I get a bit scratchy, the old voice gets a bit hoarse, a little hoarse. And today is one of those days. I think I'll be alright though. Yes, I'll be taking your calls in around about 30 to 35 minutes time and then up until the end of the programme I will ask you to be uh, to have a chat with me but no more than 5 minutes because we always get lots and lots of calls I should give you the details so I'll do that before I do though just to let you know the details can be found on richieallen.co.uk that's the phone in details the number and the Skype name found on my website and also found on Facebook as well it's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. In about 30 minutes or thereabouts. Yeah, I've lots of guests and most programmes over the years have had two guests. I'm not getting tired of the guests. But, um, you know, there's only so many times like that we can be told about lockdowns and vaccines. Like, your opinions are, are, are of huge interest to me. There's so much we can talk about. You set the agenda. Five minutes, six minutes tops per call, and I will be tight to it like I was last week. As I said, if you've never called before, please do. If you got through to me last week or the previous time, let other people have a chance. I think that's pretty fair. I set the rules, so I suppose it is fair. If I say it's fair... There you go. Now, the NATO chief, Jens Stoltenberg, has been speaking in the last hour and he has declared Russia to be, or the threat from Russia, to be the new normal for Europe. This is nonsense. Russia presents no threat whatsoever to Europe, to countries in Europe, or to the citizens of Europe, of which you might very well be and I certainly am. This is nonsense. I don't like the Russian government. I don't like any government. I'm not the biggest fan of the Russian president or his predecessors. I've got my opinions, but they don't matter. But what I do know is Russia presents no threat whatsoever to my well-being. The threats to my well-being and my prosperity, they come from within this country, not from Vladimir Putin and his cronies whatever you might think about them. But that's what they're saying. They've given up now saying, at least today, that an attack on Ukraine is imminent. They're not saying that so much. It's now, we're going to be dealing with Russia from now on in. So we've got to put in place a network, 
You know, countries have got to come together to deal with the threat from Russia, the cyber threats that Russia presents in all of this. New normal nonsense. You like the language, do you? The threat of Russia is a new normal for Europe. Russia is no threat. And thank God that Russia intervened in Syria 10, 11, 12 years ago. Because if they hadn't, Syria would have been sacked, just like Iraq was sacked, just like Afghanistan was sacked, and just like Libya was sacked. So I'm not too concerned about the threat from Russia. Now, you might want to talk about that during the, the, the calls. If you do, well and good. Leaving it for the moment. There are calls for clarity over Prince Andrew's role in public life and how he will fund the financial settlement that he will be giving to Virginia Dufresne. This was everywhere today, understandably. The grand old Duke of York, maybe not for much longer, uh, settled the civil sexual assault case that Dufresne had brought, had brought even against him. He's agreed to pay an undisclosed sum as part of the settlement, and he accepted that Ms. Dufresne had suffered as a victim of abuse. He made no admission of liability, and he's always denied the allegations. We mentioned yesterday some lawyers, including Lisa Bloom, who has represented some of Epstein's victims, said this was a huge victory for her. Okay, so the out-of-court settlement then, where's the money coming from? That seems to be of great interest to those watching UK television news today. Who's paying for it? It's been alleged the Queen will stump up £12 million. Her madge. Will she? Will she? We'll find out. He mightn't be the grand old Duke of York for much longer because an opinion poll in the great city of York, and I've visited it, visited it, I recommend you do if you haven't, Uh, 80-something percent of people in York want him to have the Duke of York, that title. They want him to have, to be stripped of that particular title. Will he be? Who knows? So no details then of the payout to Dufresne. They haven't been made public. People want the details and they want to know Will the Queen be paying it or will the burden be shifted to the taxpayer? Okay? It might be millions of pounds. Where does he get his money, the the Duke? Well, he gets a Royal Navy pension and a, a, a stipend or a stipend, a stipend from the Queen's Duchy of Lancaster income. The Queen is the biggest private landlord on planet Earth. Is that right? Do you know if that's right? I should actually, I should put a caveat on that and say, I've read that over the years. Is it true? Is she the biggest private landlord on planet Earth? We might talk about that later on. Well, you can imagine the feeding frenzy today. Oh, yeah. Where do we start? Let's start with broadsheet journalist Yasmin Alibe Brown. She was on the Jeremy Vine show today. Not presented by Jeremy Vine, by the way, because Jeremy Vine, would you believe it, went over the handlebars of a penny-farthing bicycle. What kind of fuckery are you? (laughs) Now, I don't like Jeremy Vine. I don't like any of them in the mainstream media. And I'm not so childish as to be laughing at someone else's misfortune. I'm not, but come on. Falling over the handlebars... Of a penny farthing bicycle. You know the bikes, one wheel is about 26 foot tall. And the other one is about 26 inches. 
there's a saddle somewhere up on, on the big wheel. Jeremy Vine fell off one of those things and he's not well. <laughs> I don't know who presented his programme today, but Yasmin Alibe Brown was on it. And you won't believe it, she only blames his mother, the Queen, for the way that he was brought up. She's raised a monstrous boy man. Monstrous boy man. She should have absolutely dealt with him a long time ago. She should have leathered the arse off him. She should have given him the wooden spoon. She should have taken the stick to him. And many Irish people remember that, being threatened with the stick. I'll take the stick to you. What does that mean, literally? You'll hand me the stick? You'll present me with the stick? No, it meant they'd leather the arse off you with the stick. When everybody thought it was really cute, he was Randy Andy and Air Miles Andy and bullying the staff. He read about the teddy bears and how he bullies um, people over how his teddy bears are sorted. And his mother still hangs on to this bond with him? I mean, he has magic, obviously, because his ex-wife is the same. Give over. Mothers never fall out of love with their sons, no matter what they do. What was that bit about his teddies? He read about the teddy bears and how he bullies um, people over how his teddy bears are sorted. That's right, that's right. The big girl's blouse has got 72 teddy bears. 72. I'm not making this up, you can check it yourself. The teddy bears must be carefully arranged by a member of staff on his bed before he sets off for the land of Nod. (laughs) Freak! Right, honestly, 72 teddy bears. He has abused staff members in the past. They've gone public because the teddies are not in the exact position demanded by the Duke of York. Freak! You've got to say, dear listeners, that... Virginia Dufresne missed a real trick there, eh? A real trick. Apparently, Andy got the teddies when he was on naval duty all around the world. So, the teddies are important. The specific teddies. Each one has a name, apparently. Now, Dufresne, if I was in our position, I wouldn't have asked for any money at all. No, I'd have demanded the teddies. I want the fucking teddies or we're going to court and we'll spoil your mummy's jubilee. How'd you like them apples, Andy? I reckon she'd have gotten the teddies. And if she had gotten the teddies, well, she could have tortured him for the rest of his life just by picking up her smartphone. Hello, Duke of York. I have the teddies, Andy! And I'm going to set fire to one teddy every day for the next 72 days. That's what she could have done. I have the teddies. 72 teddies. Anyway, give them back, Virginia. Please give them back. I'll do anything. Uh, James O'Brien on LBC Radio totally lost it today. He said he feels sorry for the Queen... And he compared the Queen to a character from a very popular British soap opera. This man's mum is the head of state. She's forking out 12 million quid to silence a woman who's accused him of the worst imaginable crimes. Crimes that we know were committed by two of his mates, one of whom he was still palling about with after he'd been to prison. Listen, I feel sorry for the Queen in the sense that I would feel sorry for any mother with a son like this. But I don't know that every mother would reach 
for the for her purse. It's a bit like Doc Cotton, isn't it? What? So Nick Cotton comes around and says, come on, Ma, just another couple of hundred quid. I feel sorry for Doc Cotton in that context. That's the same sort of sympathy that I feel for the Queen today. In fact, it's identical. The sympathy I feel for the Queen in her dealings with Prince Andrew is exactly the same as the sympathy I feel for Doc Cotton when Nasty Nick was up to his shenanigans. My God. When Nasty Nick was up to his shenanigans, I feel exactly the same sympathy for the Queen today as I would have done watching EastEnders when Dot Cotton was being terrorised by her son, Nasty Nick. Hey, by the way, did you hear James O'Brien's Nick Cotton impression? (laughs) Would you like to hear it again, dear listener? Here it is. Come on, Ma. Just another couple of hundred quid. (laughs) Come on, Ma. Just another couple of hundred quid. Okay, it's time for the Pepsi challenge. Let's compare and contrast Jimmy O'Brien's Nick Cotton impression with the real Nick Cotton, played by the actor John Altman. Let's go for it. Let's hear Jimmy again. Come on, Ma. Just another couple of hundred quid. (laughs) Let's hear the real Nick Cotton. Hello, Ma. Yes? Say something, then. I'm not sure we've got to do it again. We've got to do it again and we'll we'll stay here until we figure it out. Come on, Ma. Just another couple of hundred quid. Jimmy O'Brien. John Altman. Hello, Ma. Hello, Ma. Say something then. Say something, Ma. All right, we'll leave that one well alone, James O'Brien. I tell you what, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. Ricky Gervais missed a real trick, didn't he, when he wrote the character David Brent. Maybe he didn't know James O'Brien back then. Anyway, to more serious matters at 14 minutes past the hour. Why did Virginia Dufresne settle? She said she wouldn't. She swore on the Bible. She swore on a stack of Bibles. She wanted to get the guy in court and embarrass him. And set an example. You know, for other pedophiles. and Not not that he's a pedophile now. But for other sex abusers, she wanted to get him in court. Why not? Listen to Spencer Coven. He is a lawyer representing some of Epstein's victims, talking to Sky News, and he explains why the settlement, or at least in his opinion, why the settlement was reached. Yes, and she was just as insistent as Prince Andrew in his denial that he had done anything wrong and that he wanted to see his day in court. But at the end of the day, you know, most cases filed in the court systems here in the States do resolve by some means of amicable settlement. So it's not surprising that this type of a case would resolve at the end of the day. Certainly there were pressures on both sides, um, on the side of Prince Andrew having to sit for a deposition, on the side of Ms. Frey and having to you know, submit to questions by Prince Andrew's lawyers and go through a very difficult and rigorous litigation process. So, you know, again, if the amount is right and it will help not only Ms. Frey but other victims, I could definitely see where uh, her mind could be changed. Um, to be perfectly honest, though, at the end of the day, uh, any citizen of the UK, I would hope, would be questioning very seriously the Crown as to where this money came from to fund this settlement. That should be the most interesting question is, were public funds used to fund this particular settlement yeah. where there were accusations of sexual assault? Yeah, don't hold your breath waiting for the broadcast media in the UK here to, to break their necks attempting to determine whether or not... The, the taxpayer is stumping up some of the 12 million, the alleged 12 million. 
We'll move on from Andrew now. Just before we do move on, I'll be taking your calls in about 15 minutes' time. The the details, the details are on my website, richieallen.co.uk. They're also on Facebook if you want to check them out. But if you don't, you've got a pen and paper handy. Here they are. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Come on, Ma. Just another couple of hundred quid. Fantastic, James O'Brien. Come on, Ma. Come on, Ma. Just another couple of hundred quid. <laughs> wow. So, lately the Canadian government has decided that it's time for a propaganda war on the truckers of the Freedom Convoy. Now, they've done everything else to the truckers. They've harassed them. They've attempted to terrorise them. They've threatened them. You know, they've gone to some of their employers, they've threatened their supporters, they've tried to starve them out of Ottawa. But lately, they've decided, let's go with the old propaganda. Let's call them names. Let's do a bit of name calling. And I've been fascinated by this this week. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, is actually, at different times, he has called the protesters, he has said they are far right, they are white supremacist, they are racist, they are anti-Semitic, and they are Islamophobic. Right? So they've, they've rolled out government ministers and spokespersons have come out to say that the truckers are devotees of the old QAnon conspiracy, which, which is a load of bollocks, by the way, which I told you three, four years ago was a load of bollocks, but some of you didn't want to listen. Nonsense. But anyway, they're they're trying to connect the, the truckers to QAnon and all of that crap. It isn't true, but it doesn't matter. They're also saying that the truckers and their supporters are basically the same types of people that stormed the Capitol in D.C. last year and threatened the fabric of American democracy. That's bollocks as well. Horse shit. But it's, uh, it's kind of amusing, isn't it? And today, it made me laugh today, uh, the public safety minister, that's Canada's public safety minister, Marco Mendicino, Marco Mendicino, he told reporters that the truckers are trying to bring about regime change, regime change in Canada. Sounding a little bit desperate, isn't it? A little bit desperate. Well, one of the spokespersons for the Freedom Convoy, a trucker spokesman, is a guy called Benjamin Ditcher. Here he is today speaking with GB News. Benjamin Ditcher. Uh, the sentiment is great. Uh, nothing has changed on our end. The government seems to be, uh, or Justin Trudeau and his government, seem to do everything they possibly can to escalate the, uh, the demonstration. I don't know why. This is not what leadership is. Uh, it's really quite pathetic at this point. Uh, he seems to have placed, uh, played his last card, which is the Emergency Measures Act. Uh, on our end, nothing's changed. Uh, we're going to continue having our barbecues and our parties and our dancing and people on the stage talking about freedom. And maybe we'll bring back the bouncy castles this weekend for families that are here. And we'll see how things go. But for us, nothing's really changed. They're the ones who are panicking. And it's it's completely ludicrous, to be entirely honest. Freedom Convoy spokesman Benjamin 
Ditcher there, that's right, that's his proper name. It's 20 past five. How are you doing? You all right there? Lots of comments coming in. Shall I read a few comments? Should I? Before we do the next bit, I've got some bits lined up for you. So I have. Uh, let's. Uh, William Henderson says, Comedy Gold, Richie, how is Dot? I met, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but leaving Spain back in 2010, briefly leaving Spain to go and spend some time in Nottingham, where I was going to spend, I met some great people in Nottingham, where I was possibly going to take over a bar. On the journey from Malaga Airport to, or on my way from, Jesus, while waiting in Malaga Airport to board a plane for East Midlands Airport, I only bumped into June Brown. It wasn't the first time I bumped into June, June Brown. She had popped into the Talk Radio Europe studio. No, no. No, she hadn't. Oh, that was later on, yes. Later on, she when she was in Spain, she popped into Talk Radio Europe studio. Yeah, the first time I bumped into her was in Malaga Airport. A very tiny lady, June Brown, who played Dot, I think for up until recently enough, wasn't it? Wasn't it up until recently enough, uh, June Brown? I didn't speak to her, I just said hello to her. That was it, really. Uh, Brambo says, perhaps Ms. Jufre just wanted to be able to drive or be driven through a tunnel without crapping herself in the future. Maybe. She might have been threatened. Who knows? Who knows? Paul says that his mate used to sign on, sign on, basically sign on the dole, on the same day as John Altman, and he would often see the actor in the job centre between his appearances on EastEnders in the early 90s. I think it's apt when you think that James O'Brien should spend the rest of his life out of work, isn't it? Well, I don't think that anyone should spend the rest of their life out of work, Paul. I hear you, though, loud and clear. But uh, I don't wish that on, on anyone. It gives me great material, doesn't it? Hi to Shambhala, who says LBC equates to loony bin conversations, bunch of morons. Thank you. Good evening to Gail, who says I've got to say Tony Gosling annoyed the F out of me yesterday over Andrew. I have no sympathy for the royals at all, says Gail. They are disgusting, says Gail. Here, here, Gail. Order. Scottish Al says in his TV interview, Andrew was adamant that he had never met this girl before. So why is he paying millions to someone he says he has caused no harm to and never met before? Al, it's an excellent question. Patricia says, sorry, but I'm not buying the blame the mom for the son's problems, BS. Exactly, Patricia. There comes a time in a man's life when he has to be who he is and take responsibility for his own actions. You're absolutely right. Craig says the Teddy story made me laugh. Does Andrew have a furry fetish? He might he might well do. It's funny, isn't it? Oh, Pandora says Teddy's all named from around the world. Sounds like he's pedo trophies. Gavin says I'm laughing at Jeremy Vine going over the handlebars. Gavin says, I wish him every misfortune possible for promoting the COVID hoax. Would have laughed even more if a bus was involved. Gavin, that is low vibrational stuff. And I know deep down you don't mean that. Because if you wish harm, torture or death on these people, you become or we become as bad as they are. That is my opinion, by the way. Gavin has his opinion and... 
Maybe more people sympathise with Gavin's opinion. James Dinsdale says I would have paid good money to see Jeremy Vine catapulted over the handlebars of his penny farthing. <laughs> yeah. Here's a sobering issue. Wales has announced plans to jab 5 to 11-year-olds with COVID jabs. Scotland, that was yesterday, you will know this yesterday. Scotland kind of confirmed it today, kind of confirmed it. England is expected to announce imminently that the jabs will be recommended for 5 to 11-year-olds. It's disgusting, it's unconscionable, it's unimaginable, it's heinous. The people responsible for it are terrorists, medical terrorists, in my opinion. Let's listen to BBC medical medical editor or BBC's health editor, a guy called Hugh Pym. Do I have the clip? I do. Nothing official has come through and it's slightly unusual this. The normal sequence of events going back to previous decisions for different age priorities and then the 16 and 17-year-olds and 12 to 15-year-olds has been that the JCVI, the expert committee on vaccinations, who have a remit to offer advice to all the UK's nations, they come up with a recommendation and then ministers immediately say whether they're going to follow up in the nations and that has happened. What's happened this time, it seems that the JCVI passed on its advice two ministers at Westminster and there was frustration in the Welsh government, so ministers said there, that there hadn't been a quick announcement of what the findings were. So the Welsh government said yesterday that given what they knew the advice was, which was to press on and uh, announce that it was perfectly reasonable to vaccinate 5 to 11 year olds against Covid, given that, that they would start introducing this. And that rather caught everyone on the hop. Uh, this morning, the Scottish First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has said, based on the JCVI recommendations, she's announcing what the recommendation is, based on what she's seen, Scotland would go ahead. So we await a decision for England and Northern Ireland. Certainly for England, that could come any time now, in, uh, today or in the next couple of days. Right. Today, I don't think so. I haven't been on the, the wire since five. I've been told, oh yes, here we go. Here we go. Would you believe it? The timing. Hugh Pym there said it could be today or in the next couple of days that England recommends the jab for five to 11 year olds. It's just happened. It's just happened in the last couple of minutes. The BBC is reporting the children aged between five and 11 in England will be offered a low dose COVID vaccine. Official scientific advice concludes the move would help protect the very small number of children who become seriously ill with COVID. This is disgusting. Disgusting. Because as far as I understand, you can count on one hand, and this is not an exaggeration, the amount of children who became seriously ill with COVID during the last 20 months. This is disgusting. It's disgusting. The Health Secretary, Sajid Javid, has said that the rollout will be, quote, non-urgent, end quote, non-urgent, with an emphasis on parental advice. So Wales, Scotland and now England and Northern Ireland, which announced today as well, that children aged between 5 and 11 will be offered a COVID jab. It is monstrous. Maybe you want to talk about that with me when I open the phones, which is going to happen in around about 10 minutes' time. Staying with jabs, if you 
stay in touch or if you watch or read, not watch, if you read uh, the Richie Allen website, the Richie Allen Show website, richieallen.co.uk, you will know that the pharmaceutical company Moderna wants thousands of volunteers in the UK to take part in a trial for a new COVID jab. Moderna has developed a vaccine, it says, tailored to the so-called Omicron variant. Let's have a listen to Sky News science reporter, uh, I think the guy is called Thomas Moore. They've reshaped the vaccine, they tweaked it for the genetic makeup of Omicron. Now the feeling of Moderna, when I talked to the chief medical officer just two weeks ago, was that probably come the autumn, you're going to give a cocktail vaccine. So a little bit of protection against Delta, a little bit of protection against Omicron. And what we're seeing here is the first test of an Omicron-specific vaccine developed by Moderna. 3,000 volunteers, half of them will get uh, the existing uh, booster dose and the other half will get this Omicron-specific jab. And they will test to see whether this does give much better protection. And, And Pfizer are doing the same. Uh, again, with a view to come the autumn, uh, giving some kind of of top-up. You don't need to have attended medical school, do you, dear listener? You don't need to have a medical degree to know that these jabs, the jabs against Delta and Omicron, these new mRNA jabs, tailored specifically to deal with Omicron and Delta, you don't need to have a medical degree to know that the jabs would be completely unnecessary. Completely. As I said on the website today, if you believe the government, and I don't, and I'm sure you don't, Delta has been around for over a year, and Omicron has ripped through the country, hasn't it? We've been told it's ripped through the country, Omicron, with little effect on deaths, little effect on hospitalizations. So most people will have antibodies or T-cell immunity making these jabs unnecessary. And if you believe the scientists, and again, I don't, and I'm pretty sure you don't either, by autumn, COVID will have mutated again, and Omicron and Delta jabs, brand new Omicron Delta jabs, will be totally unnecessary. I think I said on the website today, they'll be redundant. Won't they? You don't need booster jabs. You don't need jabs, period. Whatever COVID is, whatever it was, it's long gone. And why would you want to sign up to a trial to play Russian roulette with your health for Moderna or anyone else? The mind boggles. You might want to talk about that. I'm opening the phones in five minutes. And again, if you've called in recently, don't. I want to hear from you. If you haven't called in for a long time, feel free to call in. And if you've never called in, please do call in. Here are the details. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Do you remember that chap we talked about last year? The one who identifies as Korean? The guy who said he's Korean? White guy? who identifies as being Korean, even though he's whiter than Mick Hucknell and Tilda Swinton's love child. Good Jesus Christ, can you imagine that? Can you imagine a baby produced by Mick Hucknell and Tilda Swinton? If they ever had a baby, it'd be put in a zoo, wouldn't it? Let's be honest about it. Anyway, but it would be a white baby. So this whiter than white guy 
says he is Korean. His name is Ollie London. For some reason, he was back on television today on GB News. And he's always worth a good laugh. Here's Ollie London talking about dealing with criticism. When people criticise his claim that he is Korean because he identifies as such. Obviously, a lot of people don't really understand it. And I do do use my platform to try and educate people on what it's like to identify in a different way, you know, because I, I just think that we can identify in different ways. You know, if, if somebody can, um, you know, and I support this, if somebody transitions from man to woman, you know, they have to cut off their penis to do that. It's like, I just want to do the same. I want to make mine slightly smaller to be Korean. So I don't really get why people get so offended. I'm just, you know, I'm following my dreams. I'm trying to be as respectful as possible to Korea. Um, you know, I'm in New York right now. I've just been to Koreatown. I've been to Korean fashion shows at New York Fashion week and they all love me you know they're all like oh we love the fact that you love our country and stuff so i get that people are offended online but korean people don't get offended korean people don't get offended do they not maybe they will when they hear this a few times what is it somebody transitions from man to woman you know they have to cut off their penis to do that it's like i just want to do the same i want to make mine slightly smaller to be korean so i want to make my penis slightly smaller so that i can be korean He did say that. What is it? Somebody transitions from man to woman. You know, they have to cut off their penis to do that. It's like, I just want to do the same. I want to make mine slightly smaller to be Korean. So. <laughs> oh, God, we'll leave that one there for the last. Well, not for the last time. Here is the details. Here are the details for how to call me. Remember, they're on Facebook and they're on the website, richieallen.co.uk. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Talk to me now, god damn it. How you doing? It's uh, Wednesday's Richie Allen Show, the 16th of February 2022. I'm Richie Allen. This is Europe's most listened to independent news radio show. It's the world's. Back in three with your calls. Cannonball Run from the film The Cannonball Run, amazingly enough. I think Celia was trying to get through there. It might be Celia. It might not be. Is it Celia? It isn't Celia. Celia's gone. She's gone. Let's try the mobile phones then. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Uh, it's Daniel Mohan. Nice to talk to you, Richard. I didn't think I'd get through. Ah, Daniel, lovely to, lovely to speak to you, pal. Thanks for listening and for supporting the programme. Welcome. Oh, we've not stopped listening to you, mate, and we've got your family on to you at last. Fan- fanta- right. Fantastic. Right. What would you like to kick okay. off with then, Daniel? Right. I've got it. Um, how do we go? The 72 teddy bears. Right. Are they trophies? Jesus, you've got me there, eh? 72 teddy yeah. bears from around the world. One for each I victim, do. maybe. 72 teddy yeah, bears, exactly one for each victim. That exactly, that's exactly where I'm coming from, Richie. I don't know, Daniel. Well, I wouldn't put it past them. And when I mentioned it to my neighbour, he said, didn't Michael Jackson do that? But I can't tell you that. I only know about them 72 teddy bears. Well, Michael is dead. Michael is dead, so we don't need to worry about libeling yes, him. We can yes, say whatever we want about Michael. So. Yes, you can't talk in of the dead. That's right. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to go on to a service? I can't believe I got through to you, Richie. I'm delighted and you did. Thing, oh, there was another... Oh, I've got a kind of a joke. Did you hear the one, everybody? Did you hear the one about Jimmy Savile smuggling a youngster in to Buckingham Palace? 
to nope. meet Clint Phillips. No. Unfortunately, it's not a joke. <laughs> no, because it's there. He said it on the Russell Harty show. I've just listened to it again to make sure before I say it now. You know your joke that was quite sick the other yeah. week about the child lost his parents and then the priest undoing his zip? Yes. Not your lucky day. Do you remember? That horrible joke, yeah, yeah. Now I've got one even sicker, really, Rich. It's even sicker. Well, hang on now, hang on. It is a family show. Do, 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 I know it is. I've said the joke to my family. All right, go on then. I don't think I should say it, Rich. I am email it to you. Email it to me and I might say it, but I'll give you full credit for it. Right. Tell, 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 me, tell me this. Will we find out if the 12 million quid is, you know, people want to know if the 12 million is coming from the taxpayer. I think, Daniel, we, we'll never know that, will we? That's not information that we'll be privy to. No chance. What, with the media that we've got out there? Yeah. Only one of you, it's disgusting, isn't it, that you've got people asking that question today and of nobody course, has an of answer. it's the public's money. Everything yeah. they've got is the public's money. Yeah. That's yeah a fr- anyway, we'll be talking to I'm going to send you that, Joe, Richard. It's the biggest ever. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Listen, okay. regards to the family and thanks for getting through. Lovely to speak with you, Daniel. I cannot believe I've got through. And they're all listening. I can't bear listening to myself talk either. No, you sound great, mate. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. Uh, imagine you'd actually gotten through to somebody who mattered. How excited you'd be. But thanks for doing it, buddy. Thanks for getting through to wow, us. Richie, regards Richie, to the family. Don't bring down, I'm mate. not, I'm not, but I know who I am. I'm sitting here and in Seoul for chatting away with you. I'm no more special than you or anybody else. But thanks, Daniel, for saying what you said. And uh, do send me the joke, right? And I'll oh, see if I, I can. I'll see if I can read I it. All the best, Daniel, and uh, good luck to the family. Daniel, there kicking off the old phone. In. <laughs> that Russell Harty. I, I, I've not heard that audio. Now I don't know why I haven't heard that audio, but I'm aware of it. I'm aware of that statement about smuggling a boy into Buckingham Palace. It doesn't mean it's true now. Prince Philip is dead as well. We're staying with the mobile phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Richie, how you doing, It's Rude Boy Marcus. How you doing, bro? I'm very well, Rude Boy Marcus, the DJ. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. I did a gig. Oh, mate, I've got to tell you a lovely story. Okay, and this is going to give some hope and some good light to, you know, just to bring the world up. Do turn turn me down in the background before we before we yeah, carry yeah, on. I've got my headphones. Hold on, they're gone now. I'm now on the phone now. Brilliant. Go ahead, Marcus. Let's hear the story then. Okay, so um, I did my first gig um, in what two years, uh, just before Christmas for the for the fire brigade. Um, you know, I've got a lot of time for them, and I, I haven't done it for three years. Anyway, so I don't want to waffle on. I'll just want keep it short and stuff like that. Um, so I'm DJing. Okay, now this, this is going to be so heartwarming for everybody. Um, so I'm DJing. Okay, in this um, little well, it, it was a sheep's um, shed, um, and they sort of converted it into a venue. And uh, so I'm DJing there, and uh, this little kid comes up to me, Richie. Okay, this is going to be heartwarming. So this is going to put a little bit of loveliness into everybody. Now, you soul. said that already, and you've only got three and a half more minutes, so crack on, Marcus. Okay, uh, well, I, I, did, well, have I told you about the blind guy? 
I, I don't think so, but I'm loving the story. You're playing for a bunch of fire firefighters. Really short and sweet, okay? Go ahead. Uh, okay. So I'm DJing. There's a little five-year-old boy comes up, completely blind, but he can see colours. So he puts his head on the mixer, and I'm like, what's going on there? So anyway, so um, I, I, I just put my headphones on him and said, well, do you want a DJ? And he said, I am a DJ. And then the next thing he wants is bloody drum and bass tracks and stuff <laughs> right. like that. It's fantastic. A five-year-old kid. Yeah, a five-year-old blind oh, kid. Beautiful. And uh, Oh, it was fantastic, mate. It was the most uplifting moment for the last two years. And Marcus, um, was, was the child the son of one of the firefighters? Presumably he was. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, I haven't got any time for the police, but I've got a lot of time for firefighters because they run into danger. Yeah, they do. Know? They do. It's a bra- it's a, I knew uh, some firefighters in my hometown of Waterford, uh, volunteer, yeah. volunteer lads and uh, great lads. And, yes, they do put themselves in, you know, very serious situations, don't they, that maybe others wouldn't. So I, I'm, with, yeah. I'm with you on the firefighters. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, you know, I'll pay my council tax money for them, but I discount uh, the police because they're murderers and horrible bastards. Well, they're not all, though, Marcus. Come on, there's some good blood. I, I, I've met some great police people over the years. I, I'm not just yeah. being the devil's advocate there. I've met some nice people, and, and they go out at night, and they genuinely want to, to do right by people. They genuinely want to protect people. They're not all a shower of bastards. Right, just just the the other thing before I get off the line because I know you have got loads of calls coming in. June Brown, I met her as well. Did you meet June? I spent a night, I spent a night with her getting pissed, and she <laughs> is a legend. What what a character! I didn't get to speak to her apart from saying hello at 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 the counter of a bar in Malaga <laughs> Airport. I just looked and said, "How are you?" And she smiled at me and said, how are you back? And she sat down with the person oh, she was with. She, she's a 40-cigarette-a-day a girl, uh, and she's an absolute legend. So I just wanted to let you know that that's what triggered the call. Lovely. And uh, before, I think, um, before I do move on, how cool is it to be gigging again? And are you optimistic now, looking ahead for uh, the rest of the year? Well, yeah, Ibiza could be back on, online. Um, yeah, the clubs are sort of coming back and stuff like that. So we, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers uh, crossed. Listen, um, um, I, I hope you're well. Um, fantastic. I gave you some money for Christmas and stuff like that. So, you know, if, if uh, you know, I'm skint in the moment. But if, no, if, mate. If thanks for the support. People don't have to send support to the show regularly. Every well, now and then yeah, is great, yeah. and I'm really grateful for it. I mean that, by the way, I really am. That story about the child is great, Marcus. Fantastic, that. Oh, it's mate. I, I, I will send you some photos. Do. It's, it's, absolutely, it's, it's a beautiful... I was just absolutely gobsmacked when... The, uh, and the dad, and the mum and dad, and everybody just came into the into the, 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 uh, the farmhouse where we were doing the gig. Marvellous. They came in, and they just all watched, and they just clapped. And he, he's completely blind, but he can see colours. And so he can see the colours. You know what I mean, Richie, on the mixer. Yeah, he yeah. He can see the colours. And, and, he's, and, he's, and he's taught himself how to mix tracks, and he took over and did a bit of mixing, and it's a lovely I, story. I gave him a 20-minute 20, 20 set. Fantastic, Marcus. <laughs> Marcus, I'm going to move on, buddy. Lovely to hear from you, and thanks for the call. That was Marcus, rude boy. Marcus, uh, this is the Richie Allen Show. Live from BBG Towers in Salford, it's exactly, what is it, 14 minutes 
to the top of the hour, taking your calls till about 7 o'clock or just before 7 o'clock. You can Skype me, it's chat with Richie, all one word. Back to the phones, caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Joanne. Hello Joanne. Joanne, I'm going to give you a second just to turn me down because you might be talking to me on the same device that you're using in the background there. Get rid of me, get me, get me, get me off the speaker. Yeah, you've gone. Ah, <laughs> fantastic. Where are you? It looks like you might be in the northwest. Uh, yeah, I'm from Liverpool, but I'm in Ormske- uh, I live in Ormskirk now, uh, West Lanks. And how, how wild is it where you are? It's starting to get a bit blustery here. It's getting a bit I love crazy. it. I love the wild weather. Fantastic. <laughs> Let you know you're alive, Joanne. Let you know yeah, you're alive. definitely. Lovely to chat. Have we chatted before by any chance? No, I've tried once or twice. I'm, I'm rubbish on the laptop, so I can never seem to manage to comment and listen at the same time. Um, well, you're welcome. So now, it's lovely to have you on. Yeah, thank you, Richie. Lovely to hear you. Um, I just want to say, um, well, two things, and I'll buy, try and be quick. Um, at, the, at the beginning of the lockdown, I, the first one, I've never... I'd never been on YouTube and all that. wasn't interested at all. Um, and obviously, I broke my foot four days in, so I had to try and order food online. Anyway, um, I found out that the December or the October, I'm not sure, before the first lockdown, um, the uh, <laughs> I can't say his name without saying it backwards and swearing, but the so-called health secretary, admitted in Parliament that the NHS, the government and Johnson and Johnson had all caused myself and millions of women worldwide avoidable harm. They made a device that they didn't have to test. They sold it to all us women as a gold standard NHS operation. Flag flying gold standard. And the piece of material they use for the device, it says on all the paperwork that Johnson and Johnson have, it says never to be put inside a human body. And how, so they how the hell could it get past? Yeah. That they've caused us avoidable harm and now they won't, they won't look after us. I'm unemployable. I'm only 48. I can't give you all the list of things because it's extremely personal. Yeah. But I'm unemployable. Um, autoimmune. Oh, the things that are wrong are just horrendous. I can never have a partner again in my life. Um, and I have been single for 11 years. So I was hoping when my youngest, she's 16 now, once she was sort of wanting their friends and stuff, that I would maybe meet someone again. And I, that can never happen because of Johnson & Johnson, the government and the NHS, which in my mind is the Nazi harm service. Joanne, is any... Because they knew what they were doing and they've poisoned us, they've butchered us, they, they have done everything to us, admitted it and left us to die and rot. And now on top of that, eventually... Only, what, 12 months ago, I managed to get uh, unemployment sick benefit because they've made me sick. And they've kicked me off it already. And I can't get a job because I drop everything and I fall over and I smash everything. And so everything I ever used to do work-wise before I had children, um, I'm not employable for now. And have you you or or any other woman attempted to take... um action 
against the government? I think millions of them have, to be honest. But what happens is you've got to do it. I think, I'm not really high up on this um, because I can't really look into it because I just get too angry. You know, I know the end game and, and that'll be. Um, but yes, it, but you've got to do it within three years. Now I'm 11 years on. Um, and I'm deteriorating quite a lot. Oh, I'm sorry, um, I've got mul- multiple infections. I mean, basically, I'm just rotten from the inside outwards. And, they, and to top the lot, Richie, I got sent down, apart from one physical thing that they cannot deny, I got sent down the mental health route for about eight years instead of the physical route. I changed doctors in November... I had four appointments with the doctor face-to-face in February when cancer patients and everything wouldn't see any, couldn't see anyone. Yeah. And she admitted that it looked like I've got MS. I'd done all the, the tests she could do there and then. She was on the computer. Sorry, I'm out of breath. I can't believe I got through. No, no, take, <laughs> take your time. Sorry. Relax now. You're, um, you're, you're, in, good, you're she, in a good place. Take it, you, she t- was on take the computer, as far as I was concerned, putting me through for like an MRI and another scan, which I wouldn't have gone for anyway, because I, I, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, that was on the Wednesday. <laughs> on Saturday morning, I received two letters, one to myself, one to my 16-year-old daughter, and um, saying, <laughs> we no longer want you at our premises, at our doctors. We do not have to give you a reason why. Just as if you want to seek another doctor, you do not have to give us a reason why. So the surgery basically said, we're dropping you, Joanne, and you'll have to oh, go and, and find another sorry, one. this is because they had a really, really tall... And, I, you know, I have issues with food, so I'm not being this here, but she's a beast, this girl. And apparently 80% of people with caught with COVID were obese. I don't know, but that was what was in my head. Right, at the time, yeah. And she was, like, attacking you on the front door. I've never wore a mask, not once. Never would. Never. <laughs> um, I won't have my temperature taken being shot in the head. I said to her, you can take it any other way. You are not raising that to my forehead. Right. So she took my, my temperature on my wrist and in my ear, and then she wrote on the doctor's computer that I refused to have my temperature taken. Uh, hence, and the GP came hence, around and yeah. said, I, you are going to make my other... Patients which is why they, which is why they kicked you off their books. But, uh, but, well, but, but it must be that was the Wednesday that, and Saturday It must have been that. But let's stay with 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 ju- just um, briefly because this is important. With with mm-hmm. your own medical problems, you had yeah. you had the procedure. You said what eleven years ago was it? Yeah, yeah. Eleven years. And for listeners who are just coming on and this, remind us about that procedure. What is it known as? It, it's known as um, the one I had was called. T-V-T-O, um, mesh. It's a mesh implant. It's basically like a little hammock yeah. that goes under your bladder. Because I had three natural births. Um, I wasn't incontinent, but, you know, you have a little bit of leakage after three natural births. And I was worried that that would get worse in life. And it's like, they described it as like a little hammock. And they just, you know, link it up, lift your bladder a little bit. Yeah. They put three operation leaflets on the table. They told me them two on the left were what they used to do a lot, but this one's like newer. Um, it's gold standard. All yeah. the women are opting for it now. It's the most recent technology. Right, that's what I was going to ask, Joanne, because 
I know. I remember because I do so much um, newspaper reading as part of my job. I I have read about this over the years about the toxicity of this mesh and what it did yeah. to so many women. It's and blowing I, out my body, uh, Richie. No it's way. Going through my body and it confuses your bladder. It confuses your organs together. It is polyurethane something. You know, like the backing of carpet. It's chemical That's crap, right? And and you're one yeah. of thousands of women who had this. Yes, and I can't. All around the world, some women around the world have paid. And are you tell, are you telling me that Johnson and Johnson has not paid any compensation to anyone? Not in England, they haven't. But they have in America. Scotland, I think Scotland are cheating. They have in America. I think they have in Australia. As I say, but this is madness. Hang on, sorry for interrupting. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you. Sorry for interrupting sorry. you. No, no, I'm sorry for because you, and, and I, I don't want to interrupt you. I want no, no, to hear okay. you. But this, I can't get my head round this. If they've accepted liability and by paying people off in America and yeah. in Australia or wherever, how is it that the that 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 um, injury lawyers in this country haven't seen? this as manna from heaven and decided, well, ching, ching, let's go and get a lot of money on behalf of well, the women of England. Well, they would be getting more money than they'd be getting that way, mustn't they, Richard? That's because crazy. they're not doing it. A few of them have attempted it, and I don't know the real stories, but none of them have got through. And um, basically, I, th- I think it's a three-year mark. And what they've done, as, as always, they open things up on April Fool's Day, don't they? So yeah. they decided that they were going to open six specialist hospitals for the women around the country and apparently they opened them on April the 1st this year you're kidding well, actually, me I don't know what year I'm on anymore <laughs> um, let me just get that straight now hang on Joanne so yeah. as it stands at the moment they have said that they are going to open some wards or some hospitals specifically for, hospitals. for women specific, yeah. for women like yourself they're going to try and remove something that's been put in that is irremovable my God, and you've had it for 11 years. Uh, and these are specialists. Well, why are they spe- how are they specialists? Because they've never done these operations before. So they're getting the title of specialists. They're getting the money of specialists. And they're using us guinea pigs as guinea pigs again. Right. When we didn't know we were guinea pigs in the first place. So you're I telling was, me... You know what? I would never... I don't even take a paracetamol Right, anymore. okay. I was they're going to ask... from the ground, they can get lost. I was going to ask, Joanne, obviously, will you show up in April but there's no way you'll go anywhere near one of these hospitals. That was April. Um, the GP has to send you to the guy. Oh, 2021. Yeah, the yeah, guy yeah. And he has to send you to the specialist hospital and the GP told me it could be two weeks, two years, 22 years before I get to see the guy. You're kidding but me. But then she kicked me off the list anyway so she hasn't put me through to the guy. And that's the guy who has told me the bullshit in the first place. Right. And apparently... The um, training videos for Johnson and Johnson to sell this product to the hospitals was where they were all like all diving out of a helicopter and all running in and you know all this, you know what sales bullshit's like. You're kidding me! So they made a video, they made an action film about delivering this product to to gynaecologists to to hospitals. Okay. Wow! Yeah. And here you are, eleven years later, and you said to me that you you're living with dire consequences, terrible health consequences because of terrible. this. <laughs> and I'm unemployable. I would love to go back to work now. Um, now, I've never, I've never had babysitters and stuff like that, so, you know, but I, I'm ready now. 
Um, or, or back to uni, you know. Unfortunately, I left after one year of uni because my, I'd lost my brother that year and I just couldn't study. Uh, then I went on to have children. Um, my eldest of ADHD, so, yeah, I couldn't really get babysitters. So I'm ready to go back out there now and meet people and live life. And, and what would you like to study I'm now? I mean, <laughs> what, what would you like, go, going back to education, what is it that you'd like to study? Well... I'm glad I haven't gone back because I was originally doing psychology. I went, I did an access course when I was 22, and I, I went to the University of Manchester for a year. Um, but everything, when this first happened, I mean, day one of that freak saying, you're not allowed outside your front door, I said to my girls, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know what's right and wrong. But they're lying. But you didn't, you didn't believe <laughs> and them. And everything that I learned, like I did essays over, like Milgram and the Hoffman, and it's all bullshit, and they've just turned it around for the evil, you know? Yeah. So I wouldn't, you know, it, it's really interesting having sort of like studied it to a certain level and then having been, I mean, I have had depression, I'm not denying that, but, but having been sent down the tyranny of the NHS Mental Health Service, um, I know so much. You've and learned, you've learned so much. Faces, you know what I mean? Can I can I ask um, you this, Juman? Before before I move on, can I ask yeah. can I can I ask you this? Um, is there any natural or holistic solution to the problem, to your problem? Not that I know of, but the most natural forms of therapy I know is pure raw honey right. and. Um, our own Ambonetta, which I've only learned about this year. And, uh, you know, the, if you imagine when we were first here and we were living in the trees, I mean, what else would we have? Yeah, fair um, enough. But, you know, you know the NHS, anything anything that isn't what they say is illegal and all that rubbish. But, Richard, can I just make one quick comment on the, on the lighter side? Do, do. Go ahead, Joanne. Well, for me, they've already wrote me off, yeah? And I'm not going to... Like, just cry over it. I mean, I do sometimes, but for me, when I heard it was Johnson & Johnson, I, let, I woke up, I got introduced to yourself, we had this tyranny, and I found out the truth about my operation all in the same week. And for me, I haven't stopped delivering the light paper and telling everyone about Johnson & Johnson. And if that's what they're like, all the farmers like that, you know? Fair play to you, Joanne. And no one can pull me, arrest me, or anything, because they admitted it in Parliament. So I just think, well, come on then. You know, I'm telling the yeah, truth. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I want to thank you for everything. You've kept me going. I was amazed when I first heard you cried when I heard John Waltz for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. G- good one. No, thanks Thanks for, 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 for saying I'll pass that on to John. He's a lovely fellow, John. But, He's due back on the programme. Oh, I love him. I love his voice. He's just, oh, he's, yeah. Top man. To to. John, can I just um, say good luck with the health problems. I don't yeah. know if, 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 if my pals Mark um, or, or, or Peter are listening. Uh, I don't know. I've maybe, listened to Peter, Peter Epton. Yeah, I don't know if they might have, you know, some I, advice. I, 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 I'll ask. I'll ask. I'll ask. I'll ask if, if there's anything that they know of that, that might be of, of, uh, of use. Um, drop me yeah. a message through the website, will you? And I'll get back to you that way. And thanks okay, for coming yeah, on brilliant. and good luck. Right, thank you very much, Richie. You're welcome, Joanne. All the best with that. Yeah, I've been reading about that, that 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 mesh, that pelvic mesh, for I've read going back some years, 
and the, the knowledge that it's done irreparable, seemingly irreparable damage to, to many women, that, as Joanne said, Johnson & Johnson has basically paid out in the United States and, and elsewhere in Australia, but for some reason in this country, they, they seem to have gotten away with it. Now, I don't know about you, but any time I watch television, there's at least two ads an hour, different ad breaks, for injury lawyers for you, or one of those companies. I'm amazed that they haven't picked that up. But didn't Joanne say something, because I was listening intently, I'm sure you were as well. Didn't she say that there was a three-year window to make a claim, maybe? I think she might get back to me with uh, with that. If you're still listening, Joanne, was it a three-year window you had to make a claim for compensation. Let me know. It's the Richie Allen Show, three minutes past six. Very busy phone in. Thanks for your calls. Straight to the mobile phones again. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Oh, hi, Richie. Uh, my name's Pete. How you doing, Pete? Nice to hear from you, pal. Where are you? Uh, I'm calling from Berkshire. In Berkshire. Major, very welcome. What would you like to say? Um, I want to talk about going swimming with my kid. Go ahead. So, um, yeah, so it might sound off piece, but it's all connected, mate. So um, we haven't been swimming for a long time, and I wanted to go swimming. So, you know, normally you go to the pool, you get your towel together, and you go and pay to go in. Nowadays, what you have to do, you've got to book in advance. So what we had to do was book, and we had to wait because all the slots were taken up three days to go to the local swimming pool because all the slots were taken up. Okay. All right? Okay, fine, that's great. So... I booked a slot um, later on for this week, managed to get hold of one, but being a working parent and all that sort of thing, a meeting came up and I've got to take the meeting, right? So I moved the slot to three o'clock. Now, the thing is, when you book online, you can't get your money back for what you've booked before. You can't cancel it and go, right, because it costs 12 quid for me and my boy to go swimming. I couldn't get my money back, right? So I had to um, live with the fact that they have said that you can't get your money back for booking online. So I had to book again at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is what I did. Okay. And that just got me a little bit annoyed. I thought, hang on a minute, this is not right. Where the hell's my money gone? As a consumer, I'm allowed to have my money back. So they've charged you they've point. charged you twelve pounds twice. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. outrageous. I mean surely they, they should just move the slot to three o'clock, not charge you again because you've already well, paid. Well, this is just it, mate. So when you dig a little bit deeper, you find out who's behind this. So I found out there's a company that runs all the back end for the local borough council, the, the payment system online. And not only do they do it for the local borough council, they do it for the one next door and the next town and there, along, the next town along, the next town along. It's the same company, right? So I couldn't get all the local borough council. So I phoned up this company. I'm like, hey, man, I want my money back. Oh, it's not our problem. We're just a software company. Yeah, but it is, it is your problem because you have the mechanism that the council has bought, right? So I can use, I can book online. Now, it's quite easy to have a button on there to say, sorry, I want a refund, just yeah. like you do with Amazon and eBay and all those other places, Absolutely. right? So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So when you dig a little bit deeper, what you find is, right, these councils, they don't want to have their leisure centres with queues outside of them like you used to do before everything happened with COVID, right? Yeah. yeah, they want people to come in when they feel like it and they want to keep that 12 quid. Now, being the, the botherer that I am, I'm not going to lay line, lay down and go and take it, you know, say so I'm not going to take this uh, uh, line down. So I um, got onto the legislative manager and said, hey man, can you change this around? It took about 45 minutes to an hour. 
Now, the question I've got in my mind is, because all the slots were taken up, I asked the legislature in Manchester to release the slots that I'd already taken up to somebody else to have them, right? And then the other part of it is um, um, these companies that get these contracts, these companies that get these contracts, they're kind of handed out, right? And they're kind of faceless companies. And when I dug into it, this company is quite a large software organization with all of their employees dotted around the world. And when I asked to speak to the person that runs the company or the person that makes all these rules and stuff, I couldn't get through to them, right? And the thing that concerned me is that these borough councils are using things like COVID to swerve paying people their money back for little things like this 12 quid, for example. And what I worry about is I bothered to phone up, but a lot of people will go, you know what, I can't be bothered, it's just a tenner. It's just a tenor. That's right. So, so in that sense, it's it's a gaming operation, isn't it? Mate, seriously, when, yeah. we, when you go there, when you go there, the, to be fair, the pool isn't that busy. But if you think yeah. about it, as the person who runs this operation, who's this, this software operation, got nothing to do with the borough council. The borough council haven't got the haven't got the um, the uh, resources to make a uh, software backend like this. They'll they'll tender it out. So when you go back to the tendering process. As we saw over the uh, COVID period, tenders have been handed out willy-nilly. There's no transparency Well, anymore. I was just going to ask, I was just going to ask, was it put out to tender or was, was, there, was there basically a no, a no bid uh, award? Was it just given to, to a company because yeah. somebody knew somebody? Well, I need to dig a little bit deeper into it. I work yeah. in the game myself, so I'm actually looking into it. But what I'm getting at here, Richie, is that I'm an intelligent guy. I know how to use a computer. I know how to use a phone, right? There's a lot of people out there who don't have these resources available to them who just want to go swimming. That's what they want to do. Take the kids swimming, yeah? During half-term, whatever it is. Oh, no, you can't go. Why not? We're all booked up. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. Back in the day, before COVID, you just queue up outside till everybody left. You just... Uh, listen, I did it myself at Waterford Crystal Social and Sports Centre in the 1980s in Waterford. I did that very thing, Pete. I got me towel and I got my swimming hat and me goggles and I stood there sometimes for two hours or sat yeah. there until people vacated the pool after they had their hour and in we went. This is interesting. So they're, they're, they're doing two things. On the one hand, they're discouraging people from doing a very healthy thing. Yeah. And obviously a very spiritual thing. Father going swimming with his son. Fantastic. Totally, totally, mate. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Because we haven't been swimming for ages. And for yeah. me, it was a shock to the system to see this. Hang on a minute. We've got a queue online. You've got a book online. And the funny thing is, after we'd booked online, guess what we did when we got to the, the, the leisure centre? We queued again to get in. Uh... And check, check this out, right? So my boy's got really long hair, so we've got to use the hair dryers inside, Right. And it takes 20 pence to work the hairdryer, like five minutes to dry your hair. Obviously, you don't need it, but he does, right? <laughs> uh, Thanks and, for uh, that, please. <laughs> but what I'm, getting, what I'm getting at is this. Normally, you go back and say, oh, I've got a pound coin. Can you give me... Because it, it takes about three or four goals because his hair is really, really long. Right, so you need five, you like, need five goals, and, maybe. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I went, uh, here's a pound. Can I have some change for the hairdryers? Oh, sorry, we're cashless. We don't have any... Yeah, we're, we're cashless. Hang on a minute. Yeah. You've got bloody hair dryers in here that take 20 pence. How could you be cashless? You can't even give me the money back. But what I'm going back to, the funny part, that's funny about it, but the cashless thing, the cashless thing, it's starting with local borough councils, mate. It's starting with the swimming pool. It's starting with the leisure centre. They're dialing people out of society, right, who haven't got the means, who haven't got cards, who haven't got phones. Well said. don't want to have them. Well yeah, said, and it's starting, it's starting with the local borough council. And what I do, and the reason why I'm calling you, mate, I've been ringing the crap out of you today. First time I've called, I'm really glad I got through. I implore everybody 
to write to the local borough council and how dare they go cashless? How dare they go cashless? Absolutely. That's, that's again, and how dare they tell any member of, uh, any, any whether it's Mancunian, Liverpudlian, how, they, how dare they tell you, no, you can't bring cash to pay this, or exactly how point, dare yeah, they? Exactly yeah. Even when you go inside, they've got those, you know, the little sweetie things, they put 20 pence and you get some bubblegum and all that. Yes. There was loads of those lined up. It's like, oh, hold up a minute, you're cashless, but you've got these goddamn how, machines. Exactly. How, how can you justify <laughs> that? Surely you want people to spend money in those machines because you get your cut. So why wouldn't you have change for the people who come in with, with a £10 note or a £5 note? It's, 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 uh, it's maddening. By the way, what you mentioned there about global action plans being rolled out locally, I have to mm. give a shout out to my pal Mark Windows, Windows on the world.net, because he's a verifiable expert on this, Mark, on how local authorities are doing this. It all looks local, but as Pete has just said there, it isn't local, because it's going it's on at all. every council up and down the country. They're in lockstep. Absolutely, mate. They're, yeah. they're tradition out these contracts, and I've noticed it years ago, before COVID, like they'd have a local borough council will have this company called um, Interserve that will do all the do all the, the boilers in the council houses and stuff like that. And yeah. this is a big faceless American organisation. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you guys not doing the contracts out locally? Why is it going to this massive American organisation? What have they got to do with the people who live around here? Absolutely right. Same, right. same with the software company does the back end. They did not give a monkeys. All they care about, all they care about is a big fat guy in a big great big house with fifty cars. He's got his own swimming pool. He can go swim whenever he wants. A yeah. lot. Stuff you lot. The rest of us don't have a swimming pool, no. I, exactly. I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, there is one, isn't there? There is one on Liverpool Street, not far from, from Langworthy Road. There is a pool. I think it might be out of it's use now, though. It's, it's the processing going there, mate. It's the processing yeah. going to the pool. It's the processing going to using the gym. It's like, hold up a minute. It's all gone away now. Come on. It's all gone away now. Literally, you don't need all these measures in place. All it's convenient for us. Because when somebody doesn't go, we'll keep their 12 quid. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, by the way, you, you having the, the gumption to stand up for yourself, you did get the 12 quid back, did you? Oh, mate, you know what? It took, it took ages and I had to get through the legislature centre manager and jump through hoops. But not everyone's going to do that. They're not no. going to do that. No, they're and not. And they're going to take that money and take it off people. But it's all linked to this control of, of people and just squashing them down to so they've got no impetus to get up and fight. Well said. Making uh, life difficult for people at every step. Yeah. Every single thing becomes difficult. It becomes bureaucratic and you can't Absolutely. do it. Like you said years ago, you would have said to the, to, to the kid, right, you fancy the pool today? And he would have said, yeah. And you, you would have said, well, let's go down there about two-ish. We might have to wait yeah. an hour, but we'll do it anyway. I see what they're doing now, yeah. They're trying to dial people out. Listen, I don't take more time, but uh, my brother got me on to listening to you. And keep doing what you're doing, bro. I, I need to go now because I've got to pick the boy up from Kung Fu. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Before you do, <laughs> Pete, what's, what's your brother's name? My brother's name is uh, Ajit, A-J-I-T. Ajit, thanks for putting uh, Pete onto the programme, mate. And, right. and Pete, look thanks, after man. yourself, buddy. Thanks for calling. Cheers, bye-bye. And look, after, and look after the kid too. Pete there, calling from Berkshire. He did say Berkshire, didn't he? Yeah, my memory's not gone yet. 13 minutes past the hour. This is your Richie Allen Show, live in Salford. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Lovely stuff. Uh, we are moving the calls on now fairly rapidly, so I do keep that in mind when you come on. Try and be as. I don't want to be rushing you, and I don't rush you, but uh, keep it as, uh, you know, as brief and as concise as you can. I think it might be Ricky on the line. Is it Ricky? 
That's right, mate. Yeah, can you hear me? I can, buddy. Nice to talk to you again. How are you? All right, yeah. So we, we spoke uh, two years ago. I'm, I'm in France. You're in you France two chat. years ago. Yeah, you, you've done some teaching. That's right, yeah. I've been teaching out here for quite a while now. I'm, I'm, I'm settled out here. And uh, I phoned you a couple of years ago when we were into the first lockdowns. This is a COVID. This is a COVID-based call. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I let you know about uh, the Professor Luc Montagnier, who was a French Nobel, Nobel Prize winning epidemiologist who came out very early um, talking about the virus being man-made, saying that his research team had discovered it was man-made. And he was basically ridiculed as an old loon because he's 80, he was 84, I think, 85. And uh, the mainstream press, if they spoke about him, it was to criticise him. Yet this guy is a renowned Nobel Prize winner and he uh, he received that for the work that he did in discovering, apparently, the HIV AIDS virus back in the 80s. So that was our call a couple of years ago. And I'm calling again now because he died about five or six days ago. And Has he um, died? I didn't realise that. Well, exactly. That's the thing, you see. And neither did anybody in France. Now, this guy, since the beginning of the COVID crisis, has been fighting, saying, don't get jabbed. Um, you know, they're dangerous. There are ingredients in there that shouldn't be in there and you don't need it. And all of the other reasons, you know, he's, he, he's been a, a, quite a, a heavy critic of the jab yeah. since the beginning. And he's an eminently qualified, he was, an, eminent, an eminently qualified man. It's very important to keep reiterating that. This is, this is not some anti-Doris, as, as, as that idiot James O'Brien calls him. This is an anti-Doris <laughs> or Uncle Fred. This is a learned man. And you're right, exactly. he said from day one, don't touch these things, they're dangerous. That's right. Go ahead, well, Ricky. Yeah, it was initially the virus. He, you know, before the jabs were even yeah on on the on the uh, on the horizon, he said the virus has you know different ingredients without getting into the details. But he said there was elements of HIV in it, and it caused a lot of um, uh, a lot of discussion, a lot of criticism of him. But he was essentially saying this is man-made. You know, give it, because there's HIV in it, and I can't remember what the other ingredients were. This is proof that it's a man-made virus and it's not natural. And of course, at that time, that wasn't acceptable at all. Whereas now, it seems to be more and more acceptable. Why and, are people... Uh, is this to do with me noticing in the last few days, bizarrely, politicians in Britain urging people to go and have a HIV test? Voila. And Prince Harry, that's kind of... That's, that's that idiot Harry. Yeah. See this, see this guy. He, he, maybe it's not. It's just a mysterious one I'm throwing out there at you. Um, he, you know, he died five days ago, six days ago. Not a sniffle in the mainstream news for three days. Only alternative, respectable alternative news sites in France uh, showed in their respect. Said, you know, how how can it be that a Nobel pre a Nobel Prize winning epidemiologist uh, isn't given respect on on national television. It was just complete silence for a few days because, of course, if he uh, if attention is drawn to him, this is my opinion. If attention is drawn to him, then people are gonna, people are going to start asking what he was saying. Well, maybe he was quite clever. Maybe he had a good, very good point. You know, I'm not suggesting he was wiped out. He was 87 years old. You can never ignore the fact that you know did did he die naturally? For the moment, nobody knows how he actually died. But without getting into that suspicious conspiracy theory that he was wiped out or anything like that, the fact that they didn't mention his death or show him, you know, the, the, the respects for the fact that he for the work that he done in his life um, is pretty appalling, really, or hides something else, doesn't it? 
It does. It's it, it's disgusting that the man. I mean, you're telling as far as you know, Ricky, the yeah. the, the French broadsheets haven't written an obituary about the professor, no. They did very briefly after three or four days after all the alternative big alternative French sites were had, had spoken about it from day one. Right. It took more than three days for the first. I can't remember. I think it was Le Monde. I, I can't remember. There was one broadsheet mentioned it after a few days and a TV channel called C News, which is kind of it's a bit like talk radio right. in England. It's you know they get they take a few risks not too many they're they're, they're, they're still polite but they're not so polite as as, as the likes of the, the BBC and the other mainstream channels so there were only two channels and that was after three days. So, yeah, you, know, this, this... you think it would have crossed my desk, wouldn't you? With you know with listeners knowing about uh, Luke and what he what he had said and what he had done, but no, I put my hands up. You you've broken the news to me now, and it's so it's five That's days possible. ago. Yeah. Professor Luke Montagne, yeah, learned guy, said from day one it was man-made, talked about elements of HIV in uh, the the jabs when the jabs were rolled out. Yep. And and now Prince Harry and even politicians in this country are bizarre, and it is the most utterly bizarre thing. Go and be HIV. Why would you? What's all that about? I've had three sexual partners in my life. I'm not one bit ashamed of that. And only one for the last 20 years. Why the hell would I want a HIV test? Yeah, exactly. So is that covering something? Ah, oh, we don't know. You do, I'm sure we'll find out in the, in the next few months. But um, ever so strange. Ever so strange, Ricky. And and France, of course, it it seems well. It looks to all intents and purposes, it's it's still fairly tough there in parts yeah, of the country I mean, in terms your, of restrictions your, your last, and stuff. Your last caller talking about the swimming pool reminded me of our situation. We can't take our kids to the swimming pool because we don't have this bloody pass that you only get if you've had three jabs or two jabs and an infection. The, the rules are just getting crazier and crazier by the day. But basically, you're banned from pretty much uh, from most social life if you don't have this sanitary pass. So as your last call was talking about swimming pool, I thought, yeah, that'll be us as well. Well, we can't go, actually. Jesus no restaurants, Christ. no swimming pools, nothing like that. So, yeah, it's all very strict. They're talking about loosening things up little by little but not as uh, not as dra- not as radically as as the nordic countries that little fucker didn't he say that he wanted to i think obviously he was speaking in french and i don't speak it to yeah, my I shame. know i know who we're talking about but, but yeah, yeah. He, he said he wanted to what how did he put it exactly he wanted to piss off the unjab didn't he j'ai envie de les emmerder that's i want to piss them off yeah little yeah yeah and so, so you know there's it's there are people fighting back. There is a lot of resistance. There really is. I mean, there. And obviously with this freedom convoy as well, Paris being, I think, one of the only cities where the police beat the hell out of innocent, um, peace-loving freedom protesters. While while in Canada, I saw police hugging. So <laughs> hugging, did I. Uh, well said. I saw that on Twitter today. Yeah. I'm not really on Twitter, but I do have a look. I saw that. That was a lovely thing. And didn't some of the police and some of the Canadians sing, is the national anthem Canada the beautiful? Is there something like that? Oh, Canada or something. I heard, yeah, I heard the music on the clip. They sang the anthem, yeah. Earlier, yeah. That's good, that. Wouldn't it be lovely if lots of police officers started, if not so much, if not removing the uniform, that's a bit drastic, but at least stand alongside people and say, listen, we swore an oath to protect these people. They're not breaking the law. They've got a genuine grievance. So no, we're not going to drag them out of their lorries. We're not going to steal their fuel. We're going to just stand here and observe. 
You should have seen the images in Paris. I mean, the videos are horrific. You must have seen some. Yeah, of them. I've seen some of them. Yeah, bastards. One, one more little point. I know you've got other callers coming. Go it's, ahead, it's, Ricky. It's, yeah. it's connected. So there's, uh, in relation to the caller before the last caller who spoke about lawyers, it reminded me that um, a guy called Raphael Cohen. I can send you the details if it's worth it. Um, who's a lawyer? He started in 2017 an anti-corruption association on a European level, a certain number of lawyers, I believe doctors as well. He, in the last few days, has launched a massive accusation and he provides all the proof in an hour and a half long speech um, to demonstrate that the Pasteur Institute in Paris worked alongside Fauci with the Wuhan Institute on gain of function and the Pasteur Institute project was financed largely by the state. And basically his accusation is, I don't know if it's true or not, but again, it's all a bit mysterious. It's where Luc Montagnier worked as well. Uh, uh, and uh, he's basically accusing Macron and lots of other European leaders of crimes against humanity for knowingly working on gain of function and being responsible for the creation of this virus. So we all hear about Wuhan and Fauci. But no one abroad hears anything about the, the Pasteur Institute. I've been hearing things about that for the last 18 months that they were involved, but they've tried to distance themselves. Yeah. So that's a... Quick, uh, quick question for you on that, Ricky. Look, I, yeah. I love... I, I'm going to get stick no matter what I say, but, but I'd love to, to believe that, that your man, Fulmish and others, will see some of these gangsters in some court somewhere... So but I, I just am. don't believe it. No, the pessimist inside me yeah. prevents me from believing it, but maybe I should kind of listen to a bit of Mark Bierski and <laughs> Yeah, maybe <laughs> I should too. Pessimist. You know, who knows? I know lots of people who have faith that it's the the, the, the likes of Fulmik are gonna win. But no, I, I I've still got that pessimistic little yeah. niggle in me that ah, how can it happen? If they control the, the legislatures, if they control the Congresses and the palaces and the Westminsters uh, well, surely they control the court system, and and, and I, I just don't see it. Like, I saw them doing some video presentation, some people's court thing, and I just think, what a waste of time that is. What's the point in that? It's like years ago, I was invited to participate in some of these online people's courts, tribunals about child abusers, and I couldn't believe it, Ricky. I was saying to people, do you really want me to take part in a video conference where we find people guilty in absentia? for crimes that they probably did commit, by the way. But what difference will it make? I don't know. I reckon... Go I, on. You know, it's all, I think it's all adding to the the increasing tension and understanding of, of, you know, the increasing tension against these elites who think they can get away with anything. I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with you completely there, but, yeah, you wonder where it's going to go. And I think that the only... The, the solution is just masses on the streets. Yeah. You might be right, Ricky. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not being the big bully pulpit here saying, oh, it's all... It's just my opinion. You might very well be right. It might be contributing to a raising of consciousness, the very fact that they're doing that. And if it is doing that, well, then they're doing something good and then I'm an idiot. It's just a thought that I've, that I've had. Brilliant, brilliant to catch up with you after two years. Yes. Uh, really made. So what about the teaching, teachings and what are you up to personally before we, before we move on? I've, yeah, I'm still, I've been teaching here for 20 years now. So I've, I've got a settled position, got my family here as well. I'm three kiddies and, uh, in, in the heart of Burgundy. So it's all, uh, Beautiful. It's all quite nice. It's quite a good place to live in these crazy times where you're locked in, you know, it's kind of half in the country, half in the, in the town, not too far from everywhere. Yeah. 
So no, life is life is pretty all, good despite when, all this insanity. When all else fails, you can open a bottle of Claris, can't you? Especially That's where you were. Yeah. Listen, mate. Or Godspeed. Shabbly. Look or after yourself. Or shabbly, yeah. L- lovely to talk again, Ricky. Good luck. Thanks for those thoughts, mate. Brilliant, brilliant information. Sad about Professor Luke Montagne. I say sad. I mean, obviously, I didn't know the man, but I I knew what he had been doing. Uh, what he had done in the past, what he had said about the virus and the jabs. Ricky explained it brilliantly. I don't need to explain it again, what he said there. It is uh, 26 minutes past the hour. This is Wednesday's Richie Allen Show. It's your phone calls. These are the details. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And do remember, if you are listening to me on the same device you plan to call me on, on the same device, do once you try to call me, do turn it down just to save us a bit of feedback there, to save us a bit of time. We've got Jamie, I do believe, on the line. Jamie, welcome. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Ah, there you are. You might have had your old Hi. microphone muted there momentarily. How are you doing, Jamie? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from New Zealand, Richie. From New Zealand. Now, that, that, yeah. that rings a bell. I think not recently or at least not too recently, we have connected before, haven't we? Have we? No, I haven't. No, no, have no. we not? My first time caller. Um, I was taking a punt there. I'm normally, I'm normally right about that. So you are in the small hours of, of Thursday morning there in New Zealand. You're very welcome. Yeah, I've just had my porridge 7.30 in the morning, I think, yeah. Oh, so you're only up, yeah, so it's 8, 8, 7.30, ready for work, getting ready for work or whatever it is. Welcome, mate. What, yeah. what would you like to talk about? You've got a proper... Uh, we were speaking about uh, leaders. We were speaking about Macron. You've got a proper beauty there in 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 herself, haven't you, J- J- Jacinda? Oh, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. She's um, I think she's the worst because she's doing it with a smile. She's doing it all with a smile, and you know, as if she cares about us all. And um, she's not at all. It's 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 horrific over here at the moment. It's everyone's just everyone's like caught with like the like deer in the headlights, that's I can explain it. Because for you, you know, for the first half of the year, we felt like everyone, no one was, everyone thought it wasn't going to come here. And, um, and uh, you know, we were in the golden land and everyone was so lucky here and no one really paid attention to what was going on overseas and they're still not. And they're, so they're just going down the same, same, same road, as same, <clears throat> same mistakes as everyone else has made. Um, so the hospital treatment has um, remdesivir. Medazolam, um, her friends, friends who's friends who just um, had a uh, had a um, and a relative die in a nursing home, and they didn't. I said to them, you know, they said she was uh, she went downhill quickly, and I asked what what she was on, and they they put her on medazolam. Um, it's that no no one seems to have learn from overseas well some people are people people are waking up like in huge numbers now i was in wellington last weekend in wellington and, um yes they they've done um, they've camped they've taken over they've taken over like half the streets around the parliament they camped up um how long have they the how long they, have they been there for jamie it's been a few days hasn't it i think they're in day nine now day nine brilliant day, yeah um 
and uh, we survived a cyclone. They survived a speaker turning the sprinklers on and playing horrible music to them all night long. Barry Manilow they played, um, did they? Or was that Australia? Barry Manilow, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, no, sound awful. Some awful song, <laughs> but what was funny about it is the kids loved it. The kids, you know, how the young kids love something again, as I said, they're all dancing. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's it's um, sorry, I wasn't expecting to get called. <laughs> no, you're good, no, um, it's good, it's, it's good you got through. She, this, this prime minister yeah. of yours, Ardern, throughout the last two years, she's often introduced restrictions when two or even three or even less cases have been discovered. I've I've been shaking my head for most of the last two years, but sometimes I look at New Zealand and I think it's just basket case there. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, um, you know, people just can't believe what's, what's going on. Um, as, as I said, people are, wake, people are waking up in huge numbers now. There, was, there were thousands of people, just like, well, not, not quite Canada, because we haven't quite got the population of, yeah. of you guys, but all down, all down the, the Freedom Convoy when they went to Wellington, there were thousands of people on the side of the road, you know, cheering them on. Jamie, give us an um, estimate. Give us, yeah. g- give us a, a rough estimate of how many people you think might be part of the protest in Wellington near Parliament. Just a rough estimate. Is it? Is it a few thousand? A little bit less? A bit more? I'd say there was probably about um, probably about permanently. There's probably about two thousand people that camp, but then there's there's a lot of people that come in during the day and stuff. Brilliant. Probably I'd say maxed out at maybe seven eight thousand. I'd say that's a guess. Um, it's, it's difficult to tell because they're, they're spread out. Um, you said they're in. Some of them are in. You said some of them are in. Some of them are in nearby streets. You said so they're spread out a bit, right? Yeah. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all around. It's all around. They've taken over the streets. They've actually closed a few roads down because they've taken over the roads, and um, they're threatening to tow them away. But they can't get any tow truck drivers. And they've also asked the army for help, and the army haven't. The army won't do it. Apparently, you know, so far they've had no response from the army. Hang on, these are very That's positive developments off. now. So they couldn't get any yeah, tow truck drivers to go in, maybe because tow truck drivers don't want to do it because it's like breaking a picket line. And also, they've invited the army, but the army doesn't seem to be too excited about getting involved. I tell you what, Jamie, yeah. that sounds very positive. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Hopefully, but I'm wondering what I'm always looking. I'm always looking for, you know, a scenario of what what they might do or what they might be planned. Yeah. I mean, we we have. I mean, one good thing out here is we have we haven't got we haven't got these stormtroopers that Australia seems to you know turned up out of nowhere. Yeah. Um. So we haven't got we haven't got the rubber bullets. Well, not that I know of. They might have them somewhere, but I haven't got. Um. But as the police went in real hard on, I think it was the third or fourth day, uh, just the police, and they, they arrested, I think they arrested 120 people, and there was a huge, there was all, you know, some woman got dragged out who was naked, there was a 17-year-old who, was, who had a, a knee on his head, um, and uh, <clears throat> it was a huge backlash, not because everyone protested outside their local police stations, and all the, apparently all, all the, the, the local police came out and said, look, you know, they were they were horrified at what happened because, you know, this is New Zealand and we don't expect that. 
This is good, Jamie. Yeah, this is good. So you think, like, uh, when when the police get so out of order, as they do, that it's counterproductive because the more indifferent people who are not protesting, who have accepted, even reluctantly accepted the COVID measures, those people are disgusted when they see these scenes of police brutality. And even though previously they might not have been inclined to protest, but when they see that sort of thing, it might give them, you know, uh, a different perspective. Because I believe that. I believe the violence by the police ultimately will work against them. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, more people turned up after that yeah. day. I mean, we came and the day after. And, uh, you know, as I say, we survived a cyclone. There was a cyclone went through and and everybody stuck together. Everybody helped each other out. There's been clothes, donations. There's just, there's been a warehouse. People have been doing online shopping and sending vans into to the site. People have been doing shopping? So people have been doing shopping. They've been sending clothes in. And you know, the beauty of this yeah. is, this is apolitical, isn't it? There's no political affiliation here. These are people, they're all different, you know, they, they've all got different political points of view. They, they're different races, different religions. None of that matters anymore. They're coming together to stand up to tyranny. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're trying, they're trying to divide us and they're trying to say, oh, there's a lot of disparate groups there because we, yeah. there's all sorts of other, other issues over here. There's a big one. I won't go into it now because it's, Sure, but please look up something called 1080 poisoning in New Zealand. It's if, if you're an animal lover, you'll be disgusted. Is that um, 1080 poisoning? Well, it's called, yeah, 1080 1080. It's called 1080, 1080 poisoning. We've got we got problems with invasive species over here, but the way they, they're handling it is disgusting. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated um, by that. But, um, one of, that's one of the issues which says, you know, people don't have a voice, so they come and they protest. Yeah. There's, other, there's, other, there's other issues, but everybody's behind the same. You know, we're not a disparate group. Everyone, the main thing is freedom. Freedom, yeah. Um, the freedom to choose what you put in your body. The freedom to go to work. The freedom for children not to wear a bloody face masks. Jamie, I'm going to move on and take another call. I'm thrilled you got yeah. through there, mate, in New Zealand. I really am. It's uh, lovely yeah, to yeah, speak yeah. with you. Uh, uh, Peter Sutton said like to talk about Richard. I went, um, you know, and thanks, thanks for everything. And thanks to all the listeners, because, you know, you've got a great set of listeners just by, I love listening to these phones because there's some fantastic people. Absolutely. That, you know, come out of the woodwork. We're we're uh, we're we're I think we're a support group. That's what we are. This uh, this this Richie Allen show I think is a bit of a support group, but uh, I, I like it like that. Jamie, enjoy the rest of your Thursday, and do stay in touch, pal. I'd love to hear from you yeah, again. Yeah. When, I, when I got a job again, I'll, I'll send some more money. Ah, forget it, Jamie. Oh, you, oh, worry about yourself and your family exactly. and look after yourself. Thanks for that, buddy. Jamie there in New Zealand. Lovely to hear from him there. I'm glad that line held up. I worry about sometimes when people are calling from far away. It's 23, 24, 23 minutes to the top of the hour. This is Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. Thanks for choosing it. Thanks for being there. The programme is archived on richieallen.podomatic.com. You can listen to, excuse me, you can listen to episodes on the website richieallen.co.uk. We're going back to the phones. Uh, caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? That's you, caller. Who am I speaking with? How are you, Richie? How are you? Who is it? 
I'm Norman in Wigan. Norman in Wigan. Yeah, I've been trying to get you for about 12 years. Norman, I'm glad you finally got me. In Wigan, you're just up the road, my son. Welcome to the programme. I've I've been listening to you since you started up when you were... You started it with Ike, I remember, after People's Voice. That's right, back in 2014, one of the first... I used to listen to you then, and... um, Yeah. What's his name now, the American? Um... My bloody memory goes. It would have been I'm Jim. It would have been Jim Mars. It would have been Michael Rivero. No, the other fella. It would have been uh, Jordan. That's it, Jordan Maxwell. Yeah, it would have been Jordan. Yeah, lovely Jordan. And, uh, all them years ago, well, I, I, I've been watching Ike for years, and then uh, I, I looked, I got excited, and I, I watched the people's voice evolved, and then it did just went as fast as it come, didn't it? We didn't last very long at all, no. I, I think, in all no. told, it was about 10 months or, or just under that. Yeah. yeah it was very difficult. But, but you know what, Richie, I know, I know you, you try to get as many calls in as you can. And I, I could talk to you now till midnight tonight. But, obviously, I can't. But, I, I lost a sister, um, supposedly, to COVID. And it's in your neck of the woods. Uh, but I, I, I could talk about that for two hours at least. And what's gone on. Um, she died on the 23rd of November 2020. And it's a long, long story. So is there any chance that you could pencil me in for a, a good spot on a future show? Well, I'll tell you what I will do. Um, it's going to be... Hang on a second there now. While while I'm chatting with you, I'm just going to make a note of your phone number. Uh, so I'm going to do that. It's a no one nine number. Yeah, I've got. I'm not going to give out the rest of it, obviously. Uh, let yeah. me just write it down. And what I'll do is, um, I'll give you a, a shout before before the weekend, probably Friday. We'll have a little natter off air, me and you. We'll have a chat yeah. about it. Uh, uh, I've got it. Right, okay. Yeah, I've got it. Norman, lovely. Excellent. Good yeah. job. You, you actually um, got me in contact. Is it Jackie Devoy? Jackie, yeah. You know the um, um, Good Death? Which, um, which, which, which uh, was mentioned only... An iconic, yes. the, um, the Good Death thing. Which Jamie only mentioned a moment ago in New Zealand. He mentioned Midazolam and one of his own family members. Is, is, yeah. what, is, is what happened um, to your relative? Is it, it your, your it, sister? It, yes, is it, it's based I'm, I'm on that. Delvin, and I've got siblings, but they're, they're not interested. They think I'm nuts. But if I can speak to you again, Richie, and I'll give you the full story... Because I'm sure you'll find it interesting. Norman, you have my word. I, 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 will, I will, of course, get back in touch with you and we'll chat. And you're yeah. telling me that it correlates, what happened to your sister correlates with some of the stories that we saw on Jackie's documentary, A Good Death. Exactly. And, and you know what? The hospital's not that far from you. I'm sure I'm I can see it. it. I'm sure I, I can see it from it. my window. No. Can I not? No, no it's another but it's one. it's in your neck of the woods. It's in my neck of well, the woods. I'll, 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 I'll give you the full detail if you ring me. Oh, but I will. Um, I will, Norman. Yeah, p- pencil it in. Well, thanks uh, thanks for that, mate. And thanks for, yeah. for listening for, for mean, so long. Every topic you've covered over all the years, you know, I, I'm on board with it all. And and, and for me, Rich, yeah, I'll be 72 in July. 
I've never been religious. I don't go to church. But I've always had a belief and a, a, a spirituality. And, and, and as a child, I'll, I'll explain it like this. We're born knowing right from wrong. And the bloody world poisons us. And there's all these poison lot born into the in, into the wealth. I mean, that Prince George, you know, he's already worth, I, I believe, nearly four billion. And Charlotte, she's not even two yet, and she's worth three point eight billion. Where did you I read think, that? As a matter of interest, was that in one of the papers? Was it? Uh, no, I, I, I do. All, I, I don't. I do watch news like you do, just to sift through the lies. Right. You know. But I get all my information uh, online. And I've been going on David Icke's site every day for the last 10 years. There's always been a great forum on David's website, hasn't there? Well, well, I'm in such a... a, I'm in Jordan Maxwell and and your show. I used to look forward to it. It was on every other week at that time when you first started. Yeah, it's been a while. I've been in touch with him through Skype, actually. We've, We've had a bit of a natter. It's um, it's about time we got him back on. Yeah, uh, well, Jordan, well, that, well, that opened my eyes to a lot, you know. And I've already mentioned sp- uh, spirituality and uh, my train of thoughts going now because there's that much buzzing around in my head. Because every topic you touch on, I relate to it, and, it, and it's about being awake. And once you once you once you become woke. You can't undo it. Yes, but we—they've hijacked the term "walk" now, haven't they? <laughs> they, they use it That's to describe right. something That's else. Well, I mean, walking. No, no, I know, I know. I'm not. I'm not taking the Mickey. It's funny in because David, in David yeah, absolutely right. Can I ask you this before I move on? And uh, we will, of course, speak um, uh, later in the week. That you have my word on that. We'll talk because I'm very interested. Um, did, have, did, did, did you go and see one of David's uh, full day presentations, Norman? No, I've, no, I've never been able to do that, Richie. Um, uh, I, I don't enjoy good health, and, and to do ventures like that would be um, a challenge for me. Fair enough. Know. And of course, you can always watch um, these talks and these interviews online. In any yeah, case, yeah, and pick it up, yeah. pick it up, and leave but, it off wherever you want. Yeah. Such a stage now, me. I mean, I look at your your site now, and I look at David, and I look at uh, Patrick Enninson, uh, UK columns. I never miss them every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You know, and uh, I've forgot more than I can remember. But I, I, I think I've got. It might sound a bit conceited this now, but I've got the capability now of looking at a headline, and, and there's so much to look at and cherry pick, which I really delve into. There's nothing conceited about that at all. It's experience, is what it is. Isn't it? Yeah. It's experience, yeah, I isn't it? it is. And you just mentioned just, just before just before I take my next call, you mentioned the siblings that they're not interested at all. Your own brothers and sisters, presumably. As that, I've got I've got three sisters and one brother. Um, and where do you fit, Norman? Where, where where do you fit in in the brothers? Are you the oldest? Are you the second oldest? Are you the youngest? No, my oldest is in Australia. He's married to an Irish man. You just you sound like him, actually. Do I? Excellent. Yeah. Um, he sounds like a good the, man. The, they're in Australia. And uh, she's the eldest. My sister that's now deceased was the second eldest. Then I've got another sister that lives in Wigan. She's the third eldest. 
then it's me. And then I've got a younger brother, seven years younger than myself. Right. And is he is he around Wigan too? No, well, he was, uh, but he moved to Ribchester about 18 months ago. Right. Uh, but he, prior to that, he was in Wigan all the time. And tell me, Norman, you haven't fallen out because of your differing opinions on how your sister died, have you? You're still it, looking out it, for one another. Yes and no. Um, um, we're kind of estranged now because of it. Yeah, you, you don't let that happen. You're you're the intelligent... I'm not saying they're not intelligent, but you're wise beyond your years. So you should make sure, even if you have to bite your tongue, you, you know, because we never know how long we have left, do we, Norman? You've got you to you know build dead, those bridges. You're dead right. Build those you're bridges. You're dead right, then. and it will come good again. It, it will come good again because... As a family, we've all been very, very close. And uh, even my sister in Australia, for, for many years, we, we stayed close. And I, I suppose, to be honest, the distance between us now that I don't ringer and I should is down to me and not her. But it's because it, it's like I've been, um, I've been red-pilled. I know yeah, that, no. but 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 we should never let that come. I'm going to say one final thing to you, and I will give you a shout um, uh, Friday, so you can tell me your sister's story. Look, you, you said something here about your sister. Now, I'm challenging you now. I know there's a big time difference between here and Australia. My challenge to you tomorrow or before the week is out is to give your sister a phone call in Australia and tell her that you love her. Yeah, she knows that. She knows that. She does know it, but it'd be nice to hear it. Yeah. I know, I know. Listen, we'll speak Friday, Norman. You're making me fill up now. Yeah. No, I don't want to. I don't want to make you fill up. But um, yeah. look, time is promised to none of us. That's the thing. Uh, listen, I need to take some of that medicine myself. I'm, I, I've been stubborn with people, with people I love, and uh, I'm no saint here, so I should take some of my own bloody medicine. But look, thanks for your call, mate, and uh, we'll speak on Friday morning. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Thanks, and Norman. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll be very interested in what I've Well, of course I will. This is a huge issue. The midazolam, of course, I'll be yeah. in touch, mate. Thanks, Norman. We'll leave Norman there for, for, for now. It's uh, 12 minutes to the top of the hour. This is the Richie Allen Show, Wednesday's programme. As The time is coming up for 12 minutes to the top of the hour. I'm trying to get a couple more calls in. We're back to the phones. I think we're going overseas, are we? Hello, caller. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hi, uh, Richie, it's Christopher. How you doing, Christopher? Where are you? Yeah, I, I'm in Madrid. I'm actually in the metro, so you might have a bad line. Ah, it's, it's been ages. It's, it's been, you it's can't been... hear me. Just go on. No, go it, on it, somebody else. Last, no time, last time we spoke was, was only, only weeks into the whole COVID thing, if I, if I remember. Yeah. Or halfway through. Yeah. That's right, Christopher. Irishman in Madrid, welcome back. Richie, um, what I wanted to say was very brief. Go ahead. Um, this week they told Spanish people they, can, they don't have to wear masks in the street. And what happens in Madrid is they say, oh, that means more people are going to be around carrying their biological disease around. And people start wearing masks more. No way. It's, it's so crazy. It's, it's horrible seeing children with masks. Everywhere you look, children with, with masks. Cognitive, you know, cognitive dissonance on, on steroids, isn't it? Yeah, it's like um, here in Madrid, it's, 
other guests they've, you've had on or talked about Madrid, I think I remember Maria or Mary or somebody, all the stuff they were saying is exactly correct. And it's like, um, what do you call it? It's like we're 10 years behind everything here. Uh, here in Madrid, people have relative uh, freedom because, you know, things are open, you can do stuff or whatever. But it's like the calm before the storm. You wonder, oh, what's going to happen next, you know? This is worrying a lot of people, Christopher. This is worrying a lot of people because here in the UK, on the surface of it, it looks good. Johnson says we're getting rid of the yeah. restrictions. But I I know in my bones there's something coming this year. What do yeah, you th- me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Richie, just the, the last thing. Richie, I was so inspired by the truckers. I just love it. I love the truckers. It's brilliant. In Canada, in Ottawa. I was telling everybody about it. Nobody knows about it here. What are we talking about? <laughs> Nobody knows about it. Is it not making and the I, Spanish I, news, no? No, 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 no. You, uh, or if, there, if it is, it's very brief and nothing, you know? Right. Very, very nothing. But anyway, I bought a, a, a flag, a big flag, a Canada flag. I looked everywhere to, to get one. And I put convoy on it. <laughs> and then I went, I went to the... I went to the Canada um, embassy thinking, oh, there's going to be loads of people here. Nobody. You were there by yourself. I love it, Christopher. I love it. That is as Irish. That is as Irish as it gets. It's more important to say. Go on. But I'll get back to you another time. Talk about building in Britain. I've said, or in Madrid. Building in Madrid, something weird happening. I'll get back to you on that. Uh, nice to talk to you. L- lovely to talk to you. Sloan Tommel, Christopher. Ch- Sloan Tommel, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Bye for now. Isn't that lovely? I love that. So Christopher gets a Canadian flag, the maple the maple leaf, and he puts convoy on it. And down to the Madrid, down to the Canadian embassy in Madrid, he goes. He rocks up, thinking there would be loads of anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine mandate protesters there in sympathy. And he's all by himself. <laughs> I love that. I love it. We've got three minutes left. We've got three minutes. Uh, I've got three minutes for one more call. We're back to the mobile. Please do turn the radio show off if it's on the same device you're calling me with or even if it's on a computer. Turn it down so we can have a good chat uninterrupted. Caller, welcome. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Richard. It's Lee again from Leeds. How you doing, Lee in Leeds? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too shabby. United play Leeds this coming weekend. Oh, yeah, it's a big one. It's a big, it's a big one. one if, you, if, you, if you're inter- in, interested in that sort of thing, but I'm not. I know but, you're, yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of thought you might not be, and that's probably just as well, because I expect us to get spanked at the weekend. But, Lee, we've got, I'm not going to waste your time. We've got three minutes, my friend. It's over to you. I'm in the same situation as I spoke to you last time, and I, I, I really, I wanted to talk about my dad, but we'll just, we'll just, Go into a different direction. Uh, Ukraine, mental or what? <laughs> oh it, my God, somebody's knocking on my door. Oh, it's all happening all over the world. It, 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 it might be somebody with something you need. It might be somebody with a parcel or something for you. Of course it's mental. And what do you think is going to happen a, there? Uh, well, nothing, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you, know, yeah you know, Biden, tail between his legs, who gives a shit. Yeah. Uh, Boris Johnson, he'll, uh, he'll go buy some hair. Product, I'm sure, and you know, I don't know. Right, it's just it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. One, one big distraction, product. Lee. One big distraction. 
Who knows? That could be a conspiracy, though. It might be a conspiracy theory. I've been polishing my tinfoil hat for a while now. (laughs) You know? Oh, my God. Honestly, though, Richard, I'd love to I'd love to talk to my to you. Um, you, you did promise to note my number for the last for last time I got through to talk about my dad. Yeah, no, and it's I, not particularly about my dad. It's about the situation regarding uh, my experience in losing my dad in in May of 2020 and all that crap that's going on. So, if you yeah, if you if you wouldn't mind just noting my number, I'd just like to expand on it. It'll only take five or six minutes. I know we haven't got much time right this moment. Fair enough, Lee. But, um, yeah. I, I do remember the call. Of course, I remember the call. Is it related yeah. to what um, Norman was talking about? Yeah, well, it, well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't because I don't know. Right. The honest answer: I don't know. You know, I I can only talk about my own experience in losing my dad at the time in in the May of 2020 when when we were in the the massive a show of what was going on and you know i walked into hospitals and i spoke to doctors and nurses and you know in the in the in the heat of everything that was going on and obviously what was the mainstream media was saying was just like contradictory to what was actually going on in hospitals um it was but you know i'd like i i think your listeners would be interested in in, in my story yeah and and i and i found it really particularly interesting I was actually inspired into calling in because obviously me, me, me losing my dad was a very personal thing. And I don't really want uh, that. I wouldn't really want to normally talk about it personally. Right. But when you did that call, call with uh, Jackie Devoy in, um, in 2021, I think it was about summer of 2020 when you sort of did like a, a dual call thing. That we we did. We had, we had some bereaved family members, didn't we? Who yeah. Were, yeah. I, I shed tears listening to that call. It really was a, quite emotional. I was, I was, I would, but it, my my sort of daily listening regime is sticking you guys on in my ears, and I listen to the previous day thing. And I must admit, I, I had to stop my work because that brought tears to my eyes. It, uh, it meant it meant it obviously meant quite a bit to you. Well, I tell you what, I what what I should do really, hearing from Norm and hearing you there, what I probably should do is set up another program to talk about that because we should follow up on it anyway. Yeah. Uh, invite yeah. Jackie back. Uh, to come on and have a chat and, and get yourself on, maybe, maybe get Norman on and, and get others oh. on. I want to talk about that. I've, of course, I'm, I'm quite happy to do that. Absolutely. That would be awesome. I'd, I'd really love yeah. to share my Leave it with me. I, I'll, I'll make it happen. I, 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 that's a promise. Of course I will. Lee, I'm just about out of time anyway. I hope you didn't miss yeah. something important at the front door there. No, it's always a pleasure. I love speaking to you. I love your programme. And obviously I implore everybody to uh, support your your great work and your program is absolutely essential that you know independent voices like yours should be heard and 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 much love and respect to every single caller every single listener and every single person that supports this program i get through this life literally listening to your show for a couple of hours every day so god bless you richie god bless all your listeners and I really look forward to uh, speaking to you again in the future. God bless you, Richard. Thanks, I Lee. You're a gent for saying that. Thanks so much, mate. I can't follow that. Thanks, Lee. And that's about it for today's um, uh, show. He's got me there. It's funny, We uh, I talk about this with Jean Ann and Jean Ann Crowley, and I talk about it sometimes with with uh, with Caroline, my, my partner. I'm in a bit of a bubble here in Salford. You know, I'm a bit of a, a loner. I I put together the programme and I do it. And then I finish it. And sometimes I have a cold beer and then I go to bed. I get up and I do it again the following day. 
but I do get a lot of emails from people. I swore I'd never say this because I hate the, the narcissists. I hate the megalomaniacs and the mythomaniacs. This is not about ego. But a lot of you have been telling me for the last two years that it, it means quite a bit to you to have the show at five o'clock during the week. And I've not really ever touched on that, but it does touch me to hear that. And I do hear you. And I've got, just got to say, it uh, it's kind of kept me sane, to be honest. You know, doing the programme. It's hard at times. It's very difficult to produce it. But being there at five o'clock and, and chatting with you and knowing that you're not nuts and neither am I, and that something is really not right, that's been of benefit to me as well. So I hear you when you say those things. And it does mean something to me. I've not touched on it before because it can all, it, it, it often sounds, that, that sort of thing can sound very self-aggrandizing, uh, self-congratulatory. And I've no time for that bullshit at all. And I hope you know that. Thanks to all the callers. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk again tomorrow, Thursday, at five o'clock UK time. Look after yourselves and one another.